The roar of the crowd is deafening. The lights projected from magic above are blinding, and the energy has your mind in a blur. You feel yourselves getting grabbed by several hands coming out, people in purple and gold uniforms rushing onto the field. You feel your hands getting shaken. You feel hands being laid on your bodies as magical healing courses through you, returning all of you to your full hit points. Everything is a blur of energy and adrenaline, having just passed your last trial in the Grand Proving. You hear the voice of the announcer blurring off in the distance, but you can't even make it out because of the humming in your ears from the roar of the crowd. You feel yourself ushered across this huge green field over painted lines. For a moment, you see the bodies of your opponents in the battle royale being pulled away on stretchers by clerics in purple and gold robes, dead, wounded, and bleeding. At some point, you find yourself back in the metal long hallway. Someone has led you here. Your group is still together, and suddenly everything starts to get a little bit quieter as you are escorted back to your individual rooms to recuperate and rest up. And you have all been brought back to the rooms you were originally resting in. The doors slide open, and you are escorted in without really even thinking. And at this point, your heart rate is finally returning down to a normal, relaxed pace from the energy that you just experienced. And you can sit on your bed, and before long, sleep finds you. The door you hear in your room, Artyom, slides open. And you don't see a body standing on the other side, but... Hovering from around the corner comes this strange, almost lime-green skull with glowing green eyes. And it just sort of hovers in the air where a normal human head would be. And it slides into the room, floating on nothing. And the door closes behind it. Reginald, put your clothes on. He says, well, hi there. My name is Latet, and I'm here for a talking head. Let's interview you over your grand proving. Oh, boy. So tell me, Artyom, what did you think of the grand proving? What do you take away? I'd say this uh, what is the word uh, difficult? Difficult indeed. What did you think was the hardest part of the grand proving? Uh, uh, I'd say more than likely the thing I found the most frustrating was just standing under the sun for so long. This is not real sun. It doesn't feel like real sun anyway. I do not feel love of God under the sun. I simply feel hot. That's right. The Survivatron is created purely through arcane magic to replicate the realism of nature. And what do you think of your teammates? How did they do? Are you excited for the coming terms of the regular questing now that you're a member of the League of Ultimate Questing? I was nervous. I mean, uh, honestly, I did not know these people at all. And they'd said that after my experience with them, I, I trust them now. That's true. But I don't want to speak too soon. Assuming you get a passing score, your team will move on to a novice rank in the League of Ultimate Questing. If not, you can try again next year. Well, I hope you rest up and I'll see you again real soon for another talking head. And Latet floats out of the room and we repeat this as it enters Arvid's room are awoken by this green talking head, a skull with glowing green eyes. Oh, God. Hi there, my name's Latette, and I'm here for a talking head. Tell me, what did you think of the Grand Proving? Um, more fun than I've ever had. I like the part with the, what, the gnome and the, the machine that he was in. That was great. And, and the crowds, they loved me. They loved me especially. And he nods <laughs> happily at your excited answers. And what did you say was the hardest part of the Grand Proving? Uh, the, what, what, the Room of Madness? What was it? The... The Survivatron? No, the one with the, um, one million traps. Ah, yes, the Hall of Madness, of course. A, a fan favorite for sure. <laughs> and what do you think of your teammates? How did they hold up? I think everyone did great. I think we actually pulled together a lot better than I imagined we would. I, I saved them a few times, but they, they definitely pulled their own weight. Well, sure you did. Well, get some rest. I'll see you real soon for another Talking Head. And we repeat the same in Hyrothax's room. Well, hi there, big fella. What did you think of the Grand Proving? 
Haruthax doesn't immediately respond and gets up out of their bed and walks over and like kind of tries to grab the skull. Like it's it, very touchable. It, it's touch. <laughs> just picks it up and starts inspecting it. What are you? Oh, you're a dragonborn. That's fascinating. <laughs> Tell me, what did you think of the grand proving? <laughs> I, I, I hold it back up and I, are you interviewing me right now? This is a talking head, and my name is Latette. I thought you were a lizard man. Sorry about that. It is an understandable mistake. Uh, well, tell me, what did you think of the Grand Proving, the trial you just went through, the life and death situation you just survived? It was an experience, for sure. Did you have a particular hardest part that you experienced? The Survivatron was grueling. And what did you think of your teammates? How did they cut the jib? They did well. All of them would survive in the real world. That's fantastic. Will you get back to resting and I'll see you real soon for another talking head. I, I like inspect it again as it's floating out. I like try and grab it and just kind of like bite one of my fingers. Like, ah. yeah, just kind of pops out of your grasp and yeah. floats away. Very upbeat skull as far as skulls go. <laughs> Christ, you see the skull float in. Hi there. My name's Latette and I'm here for a talking head. Pleasure to meet you. What did you think of the grand proving? I found it quite exhilarating, actually. I can't wait for uh, another round. Another round of the Grand Proving? Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. What did you think was the hardest part? Definitely falling a couple thousand feet from the air. Mm, that can get anyone for sure. And what did you think of your teammates? I, I've i grown to respect them. Well, that's super. I'll see you again real soon for another Talking Head. And as Latette leaves the last quarter, you guys finish a little bit more rest. Still being exhausted from literally three days of intense endurance training. And uh, the doors open once again and you see crowds of people other contestants some audience members passing through the halls and it seems like they're all congregating kind of at the main entry hall that everyone entered the coliseum in and you have nowhere else to go so you just kind of follow them along and ushered kind of like cattle into this space shoulder to shoulder everyone staring up and there's a huge glowing screen in that same kind of prismatic purple color that you get from the projecting stones that show the uh, presentation i look at chris I feel like I'm being driven to a work assignment. What, uh, what is this? What? No, it's like uh, being led like a uh, cattle to be, uh, you know, branded. Given oh, your work assignment. yes, 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 yes. And a little gnome down between you guys is like, they're about to announce the scores of the winning teams and see who got on the LUQ. Thank you, Tiny Man. You uh, bet. Haruthax uh, <laughs> will hold up their bracelet and just be like, we have already been branded. Duh, this is true. And announcing of the 29 contesting teams, the four that actually passed and made the final score of 75 or higher. Coming in at a 77, Daxton's Death Machine. And you see a group of these big bearded barbarians and dwarves just like lift their fists and go, What a like Daxton Dorks Machine. <laughs> this is where our podcast ends as we don't actually make the score. <laughs> Coming in at 81%, the Sons of Starlight. And you see a group of uh, a mix of different elements and possibly Eladrin over to the side dressed in similar kind of night pattern tight-fitting robes and garments and they all just kind of silently nod and accept very relaxed and calm. Coming in at 90 points, the Mortal Dawn! It's us! Oh we do it! Arvid uh, puts his arms around all of them and gathers for a bear hug. <laughs> this is horrible. I, I felt good and now I feel terrible. And our highest ranking team of this year is Grand Proving, the Obsidian Song with 93 points. And you see a group of these highly trained professionals all wearing like blue, gold, and green armor, like leather, full plate, all masked helms of some kind, either leather or metal, and they all kind of unite fists in the center 
and you see actually like a spark of energy as they kind of clench their united fists in the center. I'm getting the feeling that everybody is a little bit more uh, put together than we are. <laughs> and uh, as Arvid was scooping everyone up in a big manly hug, you feel another set of arms kind of like wrap around all of you from behind. This is worse. <laughs> I knew it. I knew I could count on you. And you turn around and Maven is standing there in his gray uh, suit and his leather ballroom mask. You all did so well. I am so proud of each and every one of you. I knew if I followed my gut, you would be the team that would take us to fame and fortune. Let's get you back to Lucinilli. I have a little bit of a treat in store for you. Uh, we have a boat waiting for you at the docks. And uh, if you look down at your wrists and you all look down to see the bracelet, a single white star lights up on your bracelet. Welcome to the novice rank. <laughs> This is good. Oh, this is very good. Uh, if we leave now, we can beat the crowd, though, because it's about to be a clusterfuck out there. <laughs> All right. We can go. skip the champagne. And he kind of grabs you guys and ushers you out the front door onto the docks. And uh, there are some people definitely rushing to their boats. And you guys are led out onto a long, singular dock with about four ships on it. And the last one is a large kind of burgundy red ship. Uh, with a large draconic pelican head on it. And it turns and says, Well, hello there. It's me, your old friend Woodrow. Ready for a ride home? Hop aboard. Maven says, I will meet you back in Lucinelli. Take Woodrow there, and I will meet you at the apartment later. And you all uh, get aboard the ship, and he says, So, how did that go? Sounded like quite a hoopla. We did it. We did great. Well, congratulations! That's fantastic! Tell me all about it! And he continues to sail off into the sea, uh, waiting for you guys to just tell him this long story. Welcome back, Quest fans, to a new season of the League of Ultimate Questing. My name is Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. With me, as always, is League Veteran Supreme, Stormclad Thundertongue. Kip, it's good to be here. Um, uh, we got a beautiful morning on our hands, watching the sunrise over the Ivory Coast. And I got me a big old cup of delicious hazelnut coffee, courtesy of Baba Java and the caffeine coming. Ah... Now that's black magic. You said it, Storm. Teams all over the Five Kingdoms are receiving their first official League quests, and I, for one, can't wait for the action adventure to start. Join us today as we follow one of the newest teams to be welcomed into the LUQ ranks, the Mortal Dawn, setting out on their first ever monitored mission. This ragtag group of newcomers showed us the cut of their jib in the Grand Proving, and needless to say, they've gotten a fair bit of attention. These kids are ready to learn what it means to be professional quest specialists, solving mysteries, covering up big bad uglies, and sadly, a lot of yammering. But adventure is on the horizon. It's blowing in on the east winds, and it's beautiful stink I'd recognize anywhere. Kit, my gut tells me this is going to be a season to remember. Just like the following words from our sponsors. It doesn't matter if you're a cobbler, a cartographer, or a knight in shining armor. Accidents happen, and when the time comes, you'll need to be prepared to take care of your family, your loved ones, and your adventuring party. Second Divinity Resurrection Life Insurance gives you the second chance many don't receive. Never stress over savings again, especially death saving throws. Weave a diamond with your name on it. Second Divinity Resurrection Life Insurance. You deserve a raise. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. The Clean the Street Cabaret is Portland's original Rocky Horror Picture Show cast. We've been putting on Saturday midnight shows at the historical Clinton Street Theater for over 30 years. You can catch them live on the first, third, and fifth Saturday of every month. April 5th and 6th are the 41st anniversary shows, which will include audience costume contests, cake, and of course the cast that's been sharing their unique brand of absolute pleasure with Portland for decades. Doors open at 11 p.m. and tickets are $15 at the door. But if you visit cstpdx.com, you can get your advance tickets for $12. Come celebrate the anniversary of the longest-running show of Rocky Horror in the world, performed by the Clinton Street Cabaret at Portland's one and only Clinton Street Theater. Don't dream it, be it. Death is part of life. Bravery is rewarded with legends, but bodies are simply burned or buried. Before you go building a burning pyre for your fallen ally, or scrounge together the coin for an expensive resurrection, consider donating their bodies to the Second Twilight Necromancy Foundation. Their bodies can be put to great service in the fields of research, components for powerful spells, and the creation of free, tireless labor to help improve and protect our homeland. Don't be deceived by the rumors of black magic. Donate your fallen friends today. The Second Twilight Necromancy Foundation. We put the ego in necromancy. As you guys cut camera-wise across the ocean, returning to Lucinelli later that evening and pull into the dock, you all ascend the steps back up to your fish refinery studio apartment. And as you open the door, you see that it has been fully furnished. Uh, your beds are all very nicely made. They have four posts 
One of the corners of the room has been completely like tapered off in this dark fabric that kind of encloses it. One of the beds is much larger than the others. There's a table. There's a little wet bar in the corner with some bottles sitting on top of it. And you smell food being prepared in what's a makeshift kitchen. And you see a familiar uh, hobgoblin dressed in chef's clothing, um, making what looks like quite a smorgasbord of different kinds of boiled meats and stews and roasted breads, uh, all just piling up on a table for you all to partake in. It's a strange food man. I love strange food man. <laughs> he says, ah, bonjour. Welcome home. <laughs> Ushers, if you'd all take a seat at the table. If this is what you get for novice, I wonder what we get at next, Frank. Right? Something came for you while you were away. It's a very large package. And he says, pointing to the door. Um, and there is indeed a large metal box sitting by the front door. I'm going to run to it and immediately <laughs> open it. Hold on. Uh, as you go to it, you realize there's no latches on it anywhere. I cast um, Mage Armor. We got free box. Free gigantic box. And when you like are fishing around on it with your hands for an opening, uh, an, a circular portal opens up in the center and an eyeball emerges. And it says, hello. Ah. Uh, and the two little arms and two little legs kind of protrude from out of it and the wings activate as Reginald 419 hovers up into a eye-to-eye position. It says, I am here to be your official monitor for your time in the League of Ultimate Questing. Just huzzing, humming away. I will remain inactive until you go on quests and I will follow you. My job is to make sure that your questing and adventures are projected to the masses. I love you, Reginov. You're my favorite. Congratulations on becoming Team 419. It is my honor to be your monitor. Congratulations on being given purpose with observations. And uh, you see a figure step in as you discuss this with Reginald, and it is indeed Maven. He says, well, let's all dig in and talk about what we have to look forward to in the next few weeks. We have a little bit of downtime before the season actually begins so you can rest recuperate, gather yourselves. I have a couple more treats in store. And uh, he says, laying four bags down on the table. And as my gut told me that you would all do so well, I had some friends of mine do a little bit of wagering on who was going to get what kind of score in the grand proving. And let's just say we made off quite well. I have 250 gold drachs for each of you. (laughs) Consider this my treat to you for doing such a fantastic job. This is... This is more money than I've seen in my entire life. Well, you just saw a thousand a couple days ago, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to him and haw that. This belongs to you. And uh, you guys dig in on this big, delicious feast. And he lets you know that over the next basically week and a half before the season actually begins and he will find a job for you, you have just downtime. You can recuperate. You can hang out in the apartment. He has uh, set aside a spa day for all of you to have a full treatment uh, luxurious hot baths and warm rocks, things that everyone would be delighted by, uh, massages and manicure, pedicure kind of stuff. At every turn, it's just me awkwardly like shoving people aside and like them trying to like touch me and I'm like, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. <laughs> just... saying, 10 episodes and we're already doing the bath episode. That's pretty early. I know. <laughs> I was going to comment on there being a hot springs episode. Yeah. As it were. When are we going to do the baseball episode? That'll be really good. <laughs> wow. That could be most of them. <laughs> uh, so, uh, during that time, uh, I will go around and see what everyone has done during their week and a half-ish time to not only recuperate from the Grand Proving, plan their future in the Questing League of Ultimate Questing, but also level up to third level for the audience to be aware of where we're at now. So, uh, we'll start on this end. Christ, what do you do during this time down? So, uh, Chris goes around to bars and hangs out, just enjoys his time in the city. Uh, he also is starting to actively bond with his uh, fellow companions in that uh, he's very fascinated with the various skills and magics uh, that they know. Mm. Um, 
and so he's doing his best to uh, learn from learn from them. And you definitely do get several days of good celebration and bar crawling in, but uh, about halfway through the week, um, you start to have a very intense pain in your left hand. Uh, it starts off as just kind of an ache that's a little bit sore now and then as you're out and about, but it gets to a point near the end of the week where you are unable to get out of bed. It is agony. You feel it spreading through your entire body. Mm. Um, and by the end of this, you realize that the uh, skin in the palm of your hand has begun to split open and peel back. Oh, no. And over the course of the next couple of days, a very small glistening gem emerges, um, somewhat remaining in the palm of your hand, but now a good full like half inch protruding, a perfect diamond mm-hmm. glistening with some kind of magical energy in it, seeming to respond to what needs you have magically. And Harithax, what do you do during your time down? Harithax is going to spend a lot of time at the apartment, probably. Uh, at some point, they gain the Pact of the Tome, mm-hmm. Warlock Pact. Mm-hmm. And so spend some time with their Book of Shadows, investigating and casting the new cantrips that they gained. Probably like wandering down into like the sewers and stuff, which is the most like swampy area in the city. Definitely. And just like picking off weak rats and stuff with the the new abilities and and honing those certainly and at some point while you're exploring through the sewers you come to a part where a grate is not far from the ocean and leads out and you see pressed up against the grate this large kind of bloated alligator um something that has somehow made its way into the sewer systems from the nearby ocean and lakes and it seems to be horribly injured it's it's massive in size absolutely a, a powerful beast but weakened with sickness and injury it looks like it has a large gash on its side possibly from a sharp metal object and uh it just lies there struggling before you like lowly moaning herithax will approach it actually and cast spare the dying okay um it's not unconscious or anything but it does get a positive wave of energy that washes over it and it doesn't seem to really thrash or panic as you get near it it seems to accept that it's fate in some way okay is it beyond saving it's pretty injured you don't have enough kind of like you don't have the healing tools to fix this sort of thing if it was a, a very high level healer could probably fix it but there's not such a thing down here in the sewers okay Haruthax will will look at it then and say is your time i will send you beyond Haruthax will finish it off probably with a spell okay <clears throat> i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with arms of hadar mm. and absorb it the same way i did that weird lizard person in the tower so Haruthax will kind of incant and the swirls on their chest kind of move and lash out into black tendrils that just drag this creature into Haruthax's form yeah and the black tendrils wrap around it and pull you in and you also see like white roots wrapping around it like rending it half of it coming into you the other half pulled into the very stone of the earth and as you feel it enter you uh you can sense like somehow you have collected some of the strength of this great beast something about your your mouth is just hungry your jaw muscles tighten and you gain access to the cantrip primal savagery using bite attacks as a gift from your patron arvid arvid will definitely start out with uh christovit um joining in the bar scene specifically because it's bringing that um need for belonging even if not belonging fame you know maybe even better Mm. um some people are going to recognize anyone who was watching right some people definitely recognize the two of you yeah so basically just looking for that and like languishing in it loading there we go i don't know you were bought several rounds yes Mm -hmm. um and then probably before the end of the break 
would want to spend some time out of the city, start to feel a bit claustrophobic. Go go get around some trees in Jonkin. Yeah, huh? so for the last half of the week, Arvid goes on a little personal camping trip where they just kind of spend some time in the wilderness outside of Lusanili. There is a forest not too far away. And you commune with nature, you feel in touch with the mountains and the trees, and uh, you return home having a whole new awareness of nature around you. Hey. Arvid has gained a level in Druid, which I am calling the Drewbarb. <laughs> <laughs> and Artyom, what do you do in your time? So Artyom, for his first night when he's actually free, the moment he's actually started to feel collected and available, he's going to go out with Arvid and Krist. And then a couple hours into the night, he's just kind of Irish goodbye it and just disappear. Sure. Partly, like he just looks kind of uncomfortable the whole time. And then basically for the rest of the entire week, he's, I suppose, seeking penitence. So he's spending like all of his time on the roof. He's tr- practicing skills, uh, working on things he's not familiar with, trying to get his like acrobatics up, like trying to get like his physical condition mm. better, all the while taking as much time as possible to kind of pray and look for guidance because he just feels wrong somehow. I, I picture some like sit-ups and push-ups on the roof back baking in the day sun. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. and by the end of it he's probably gone down like a whole pigment in tone from being baked so like a potato. And like a lot of uh, a lot of like especially like sword fighting trying to like mm. get his combat up while in the sun like while in the burning sun. Got it. Yeah, you definitely feel the burn <laughs> um, <laughs> as they say. So um, after the week and a half comes you are all resting in your beds. It's very early in the morning. You have mostly been going out for food and ordering but once in a while uh jean-pierre will come and prepare you guys some delicious food as a special treat and the whole time reginald's just been sitting as an inanimate chest in the corner uh kind of in sleep mode and there is a knock on the door yes it's me come in i'll just let myself in i have a key <laughs> and uh I, even... fall, I fall off the roof behind him in the walk-in <laughs> nice oh, oh well let's all have a little sit down shall we the season is beginning, and I have been very, very busy finding as many jobs and doing as much outsourcing as I can. And I, first of all, have a guest I would like to have the group of you all meet. And he ushers down the stairs, and this figure comes up from the bottom of the stairs. And he's this kind of tall, older, maybe like 40s, 50s human male. He's got a five o'clock shadow. Uh, he's wearing this like kind of thick leather brown cowboy hat. And he has these brown overalls that he has like all the way up to here. Just like, and he's got a plaid shirt on, farmer's boots. And he says, why there? I have a proposition for y'all. My name's Chester Burnham and I run Domain Farms. And I I was watching that there Grand Proven and I'll be damned if the lot of you (laughs) didn't just impress the boots off me. So I was wondering if maybe we could be a little trial run for you guys to sponsor my company, Domain Farms Old Fashioned Healing Potions. All right. What what do you have in mind? Well, I'm going to give each of you one of my Old Fashioned Healing Potions to take with you on your next quest. And you can use it at any time. They work real good and they feel very fine going down. I can maybe keep some more coming in the near future if sales go up based on how many people's watching you. Ooh, very nice. Uh, what kind of uh, flavors do you have available? Well, they just come in healing potion flavored, but let me tell you, it's undescribable. <laughs> well, I'll try anything once. Well, how's that sound, everybody? There's only one more little caveat. Uh, I need one of y'all to start wearing this wherever you go. And he takes out this large kind of straw hat that says Domain Farms wrapped around the rim. <laughs> Artyom, I think you may find some... Some use and style in this item. This ain't just some fine straw hat. It has some magical properties as well. And it advertises my business wherever you go, which is the greatest magic of all. (laughs) I do need sun hats. This is a good idea. Well, here you go. The Domain Farms Old Fashioned Hat of Rejuvenation. 
And how it works basically so the audience will know is when you are wearing the hat once per day when you are using a short rest, you can treat one of your hit dice as having rolled maximum. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, and it does not regain that until you finish a long rest. So it's basically one free maxed out hit die for short rests. And it looks ridiculous. <laughs> I'm a little sad the druid didn't wear this straw hat. Honestly, it would have been perfect on anyone, so I didn't care who took it. I mean, Harithax wearing a straw hat. Hilarious. Arvid. All of them. I don't think Chris emotionally could invest in no. a straw hat. I gotta say, no. I, gotta, I gotta say, with my like my super high collar and my mm. black glasses, I think it probably looks. I probably look best. Looks best on me. You. You look. You have the ridiculosity has not gone up. You still look cool and covered, and it, it, it goes with the hide from the sun motif. He says, well, we don't need contracts or nothing. I believe in doing it the old-fashioned way. He says, holding out his big weathered farmer's hand. I uh, I take out my knife and I cut my hand. He says, my <laughs> goodness, no, don't do that. <laughs> and he says, here, this one's on the house. And he says, oh. pouring a healing drop the, over it. This is okay. And he just shakes it. Good. No need to bleed for old Chester. You say old time sick. I think you mean ancient time sick. This is confusing. Well, that ain't how I roll. And he, he hands each of you one old-fashioned healing potion which heals 1d8 plus 3 not 2d4 plus 2 uh, harking back to older editions of healing potions he says, well i hope you all have some some fun and some good luck on your trials to come and i'll be back for some more pr opportunities i tip my hat and say you'll come back now you hear well, that's real good and uh, he heads off down the stairs and maven's like clapping his hands like that went very well those healing potions are not cheap this is a good investment and that looks just fine on you. I agree. This is the best thing that has ever happened to me. <laughs> well, you guys got a very good score on your grand proving, so there was definitely some jobs that were interested in coming your way. I did a bit of looking through them. I found which ones had the most yield for rewards versus how much effort was involved and which is going to get you the most attention. Now, you're going to be staying in Lucinelli for a while, so I figure a local job is going to be best. To the kingdom of Leone, that is. Uh, he's going to give this to Christ. This is your very first official League of Ultimate Questing quest form. Feel free to read it aloud. League of Ultimate Questing, form 15, Q01, 19th day, golden moon... 2,415. Why do you read the boring parts? <laughs> do you want to know or not? Uh, we are the official... It's the official notice of the quest. We are rank novice. Nobody can hear what you're saying. Come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> Artyom rips it out of League mind. of Ultimate Questing. Official notice of League Quest. Rank novice. Team mortal done. Uh, quest giver, Mayor Dunwell Gibson. Uh, quest location, Turilli... 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 Give it back. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Contact Father Toman. I like this name, Toman. Quest details. A number of two really citizens have been found in a horrible state of mutation. Oh, mutation. Uh, find a source of mutation that makes sure that it stops affecting villagers. Well, I was going to do that anyway. The thousand wrecks. Yeah. That is for the team total. Would so, anybody like to look at it? Uh, yeah. We will have you guys within the next few days brought onto a vessel, sailed to Turilli, which is in southern Leone. And you'll be free to explore the town and figure out what's going on, trying to cure it for the people. And of course, Reginald 419 will be following you, monitoring everything unseen. Am I permitted to collect samples from subjects? I believe as long as it's in the approval of the uh, the contact, they probably have... They don't want you to cut out their tongues or livers or anything, because they are citizens. No organs, then. I wouldn't recommend it, no. This is tragic. Maybe if one of the bodies is dead. Yeah. Not for me to say. Your contacts there will be... Father, Hesh, and of course, if needed, uh, Mayor Dunwell Gibson. 
who is the quest giver. So you have mm. about a day to prepare. As they say on the uh, production, I wish you luck. I'm excited to meet this man with the cool name. Should we get a horse? A horse? We share all four of us on one horse. Four horses. <laughs> you will be traveling via ship. The League has sought fitting, based on his own request for some reason, to have Woodrow be your official ferry to nearby locations. We have a lot of uh, official animated beings. Uh, I'm very excited about this. <laughs> well, Woodrow is in fact an, a construct with a fake artificial personality, but Reginald is a living thing. He's just from the plane of Ergo. Hold on. You're telling me he's fake? He's not a real person. Woodrow's personality is fabricated by magic. Although, who who am I to say if that's live or not? That's that's for the philosophers to decide. I think we should spend the next several hours discussing the philosophical implications of bringing something to life and giving Ooh. it artificial personality. You and just... you do so. <laughs> 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 and we cut to the scene with you all heading to the docks. <laughs> Was there any preparations anyone wanted to make besides getting your, your D8 healing potion tucked away safely? Hmm. Any gear you might need to purchase with your new 250 gold? Now that they have... Fed money. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was I? What was I going to buy? I think it was the. I armor. think it was armor. Okay. Well, we will assume at the beginning of the next episode, you will have your new equipment that you have purchased. We will sail you there, having that new gear already on you. In theory, you all reacquaint yourselves with Woodrow, the sentient boat, and he says, "Well, well, well." Look who's back to ride on old Woodrow. Ready for another luxury cruise? This one's much longer than the last one. This one should be almost two days. I gently place my hand on his brow. <laughs> And just say, it is okay, my friend. You're real to me. <laughs> and you're real to me. <laughs> well, get comfortable. Find a way to sleep if you can, because it's going to be a long one. But don't worry, old Woodrow will take care of everything. And his sail unfurls on its own, and you get taken and pulled out into the uh, bay of the Maiden's Heart. As the ship begins to take off at a high speed, Woodrow is a fast, fast ship. And you sail down the Ivory Coast, wrapping around to the southern end of Leone. The sun goes down, the moon comes up, and it goes down once again. And when morning comes, you pull into a very small dock at the base of a huge set of jagged mountains called the Oil Stones. And there is a forest to the north. You see a sign clearly marking at the end of the dock that says Turilli, pointing north. We need to find this Father Hesh, so uh, anybody see a church or temple, something? The world is my church, but you're probably talking about that place over there. <laughs> uh, and as you guys uh, follow the path and the sign that leads away from the dock, it goes up a ways. You pass by some farmland. Uh, there's a very large lake to the east at the base of the Oilstone Mountains. And uh, there is a not large town, very small village, maybe like 30 houses total. And it just lays before you. Um, it's surrounded by farmland. And there is a forest to the north as well. A pretty, pretty large forest. Tall, old trees. What time is it? Uh, it's early morning now. You have rested in the boat and you were gotten here on the following day. If you were a mutant, where would you hide? If you're a mutant, you're supposed to report yourself to the labor offices to be reassigned permanently. And uh, as you enter town, there are people out and about. There's definitely farmers working the fields. Um, there's some people running little businesses. Not a lot of legislature here. It looks like you don't see any like guards or any official buildings of office. But some small shops, there's a tavern that you walk by called the Tap Root. There's a lot of people milling out in the street and some old man kind of like walking a donkey along. It looks like it's giving him a little bit of trouble. Oh, uh, shout donkey man. Where would they find mutants? Yeah. What? Um, <clears throat> uh, excuse my friend. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we are looking for uh, a Father Hesh. Do you know where we can find him? Oh, you're looking for Father Hesh? Well, he's in the uh, Temple of the Five Borders. Uh, that's just a little ways north there. And he's just pointing to, uh, even the church looks not that <laughs> church-like here. It's just kind of a larger building. All brown wood walls, 
round roof, big chimney. It's not a big church, but it's a nice one, and the faith is strong. Well, thank you very much, and uh, I'll make an offering in your name. Oh, well, that's not necessary. Gosh, y'all sure do stick out like a sore thumb. Um, can I ask you something, uh, don- Donkey Man? What is the denomination? What are they? What is Father Hesh? Oh, it's a priest of Sigmus the Ascended, of course. It's a human village. One true human god. This is not true. <laughs> Why do you say lie things? Well, I won't speak the truth. I'm an honest old man, the donkey. <laughs> you, you've got this imaginary bullshit. You see this thing, this giant glowing fire in the sky? This is God. Well, it's real nice. I'll give you that. Artyom, the? we have a quest to do. We can have a religious debate later. <laughs> well, Sigmus be with you. No, he, he won't. He won't, though. <laughs> and uh, he hobbles off, and his donkey follows him difficultly. He's pretty much, like, dragging it along. It's putting up a fight. Do you um, see what love a false god gives you? Rebellious donkeys. <laughs> uh, that's a proverb. <laughs> and uh, as you're passing by, uh, you pass by a very large building that says the Oilstone Market. And just through the, like, large open doors, several, like, garage doors, is a huge marketplace. Like, for this town, it's baffling. Uh, Tons of, like, farming equipment, adventuring gear, armor, things like that. It's just packed full of an impressive amount. And there's several horses outside and several people shopping inside. Um, You also pass by what looks like a a kind of a town square near the taproot. And uh, they're kind of laying out against a building just in the street. Um, There is this, what looks like a wood elf. Uh, wearing very loose-fitting, comfortable brown and green clothes, kind of laying out on a beautiful tapestry, like way more expensive than you would expect someone to be laying about in the middle of the street on. And he's kind of laying akimbo with uh, one elbow on the ground, holding his head up. In his other hand, he's just flipping this coin up into the air, and he immediately locks eyes with your group as you enter the town square. Chris definitely goes forward to uh, greet this elf. And he's uh, like ruggedly, like beautiful. He's gorgeous. Haruthax is going to lean over to to Artyom and go, Mm -hmm. I bet you a Drakets maven. This Mm -hmm. could be. Could be. But Chris will walk faster. Yeah. (laughs) Maven likes to blend in. This uh, this, this elf is, is making himself too noticed. He says, well, well, hello there. You certainly stand out, don't you? Mm, I try. Um, uh, nice to meet you. Uh, what's your name? My name is Gastille. Gastille, that's a beautiful name. And I am bored. This town is dreadfully boring. These people have no imagination whatsoever. You have feet. Walk. Go somewhere else. I'm so tired, though. No, I'm too tired. I'm too bored. <laughs> Everything you- is complaining. You lot certainly look very entertaining, though. Most interesting people I've seen come through here in a long time. So, uh, Chris will say in Elvish, uh, what would pique your interest? What would pique my interest? Well, many things. He says, kind of eyeing you up and down. But my favorite game to play is riddles. Riddles? I like riddles. Uh, shoot. Oh, you would like to play riddles with me? Yeah. I'll tell you what. If you can answer all three of my riddles, I will give you a very special treat. This sounds like a very bad idea. Haruthax nods <laughs> silently. <laughs> just... Chris is just really excited. Yeah. Behind well, behind Chris, the whole party is like, "Oh, this is a bad idea." And Chris is like, know. "Oh yeah, let's play a game." I feel like I feel like uh, riddles could be a, a fun pastime in the old tribe, yeah. the old uh, clan. Sure. Common. At this point, I just kind of step slowly back, reach into my pocket, and grab like some random chips or something, and start eating. Oh, gross. <laughs> I'll ask you three riddles, each one harder than the last. Here's the first. Tool for thief, toy for queen, always used to be unseen. Sign of joy, sign of sorrow, giving all likeness borrowed. 
this mask. Well, for someone who doesn't want to play at riddles, you certainly are ready to go. Sorry. <laughs> the next one is also not that hard. Divine Renderer, Stone's brother, once loved by flame, bound and still cold as the grave. I am blessing to never be seen. Divides, destroys, lends one arm and many arms. A murderer by the light of day, and that which makes night. That which makes night, full stop? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have answer, but I don't think it is correct answer. What happens if we answer incorrectly? Then I suppose the game is over. I could give each of you one guess, I suppose. I say lava, or uh, maybe a volcano. Unfortunately, that's not quite right. The... Ah. He's metal. Sword. He's talking about and metal. It's a blessing to never be seen. It's Stone's brother, once loved by flame. Oh, yes, okay, it's, okay, it okay. is metal. So it's not just metal, it's or... a sword. Or... The answer is sword. Ah! You are correct, well large done. fellow. The last one is the hardest, perhaps the easiest, depending on how your brain works. Hmm. If I am given three, then I have three. If I am given two, then I have two. If I am given one, then I have none. Uh, three, three, two, two? If I am given three, then I have three. If I am given two, then I have two. If I am given one, then I have none. Is it a party? Is you, it cake? You wish. <laughs> it is the hardest of the three. Depending on how my mind works. Mm-hmm. I'm not really good at it. This is a tricky I, one, even if you are. I usually am, and I'm like, all, fuck. <laughs> all, all I can think of is, like, one is alone. Like, one you are alone. I also know a lot of the riddles that most people friend? know, so I wanted to oh, make dude, sure. Oh, dude, no, you're that. right. Friend? Oh. Friend? Wait, no, because if you have one, you do have one. But I like no. that. I like the way you're thinking. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was thinking maybe couples or something, because you can't have a couple if you don't have at least That's one. One of you is on the right track for a moment. Well, if you think of the answer, maybe come back tomorrow. Ah. Uh, I'm tired. He says, just kind of laying back and putting his hands under his head, and he catches the coin and puts it in his pocket. And I know some real smart people who suck ass at riddles. <laughs> Uh, some dumb people are surprisingly good at them yeah. <laughs> like me sometimes anyway uh he lays down and falls immediately asleep Moving i also on. i also love watching people like solve riddles so i could just go way too long and i don't want to I mean, actually yeah. catch you guys in a trap you can't have a party could be something yourself. like like mistresses too <laughs> totally good so if you if you only have one then you're just married you're not <laughs> yeah. cheating on anybody would you call it a mistress though mm -hmm. well, no, not if you're you uh, each got one guess so far, you would guessed, I guessed party. party. Yeah. Oh, you're actually guessing that? Yeah, that I did. actually said party. Yeah. Okay. So you got it'd three be, guesses. It'd be funny if, if he was if he was right, but he said it the wrong way. So party wasn't it. But we're in the right vein. Okay. No, I'm accurate. not saying that it is pants, but pants does work. <laughs> if you have one pant, then you have no pants. <laughs> also funny and clever. <laughs> I think I think aliases is Haruthax's guess. Not quite. I like the way you're thinking, but you're not... Thinking of the right thing. You were so close earlier and not in this direction. Pretty soon the, the mics are going to start picking up the gears grinding in people's heads. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this one and I think it makes a lot of sense. Did you make this one up? I didn't. I did kind of modify the idea of another one. Okay. I think it's very logical. Like when you when you figure it out, it's not going to be like, oh, that's stupid. That doesn't make... I think it... I personally think it makes a ton of sense, which is the only kind of riddle I go for. I don't like the ones with really subjective, like wishy-washy answers. Yeah. I also like that it's the easiest... Like riddle in theory, because it's just like blah blah blah. Yeah, simplest. Not it's the simplest, not the easiest. simplest. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, There's also, I mean, uh, the way he phrased it too is important. 
If I give okay. one, then I have none. So it's anything? No. Anything works that way, right? Let's... If you give it away. How do you give one anything? I Wait. mean, like anything would work. You know, if you have three apples. Oh, no. If you give, and then you have Let, let's, three. Let's hear it one more time. If I am given three, I have three. If I am given two, I have two. If I am given one, I have none. Haruthax, after after making their guess, will just kind of be like looking around the street, seeing if anyone looks obviously mutated or what sort of attention people mm. are paying to us. People are paying attention. Okay. Mm. Is it was anyone oh, yeah. reacting to the elf before we walked up and started talking to the elf? No, I mean people would like to like regard it sort of, but just someone laying out on the street. Haruthax is just gonna like slowly just reach their tail out and just kind of try and touch the elf and make sure it's not just illusory. Mm. He's there. Okay. Kind of snoozing, but just kind of waiting. He is asleep right now, but waiting for the answer. Like he seems readily aware if someone says anything. Guesses. If I am given one, I have none. I am given one. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, chances is close. Because if you're giving me a chance, I can't fuck it up. Conceptually, that is close. Um, But it's the one that it is makes more sense than chance. Yeah. Options. Choices is correct. Choices. What? Okay. Yeah. Oh. If you don't have, if you have one sense. choice, you don't have a choice. That makes sense. Ah, oh, god damn it! That makes so much fucking sense. It hurts. <laughs> well done. And he kind of stands up and stretches, and he's amazingly tall. Like he brushes seven feet at full standing. He's a very lanky wood elf. What? I think Chris might have just drooled just a tiny bit. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. He I says, "I thought my time in this <laughs> town would be completely wasted, but here you all are." Showing up looking so strange and making my day. Choices, choices, choices. And he flips the coin up into the air. And as you follow it with your eyes, it kind of hits the sunlight. And it blinds you for just a split second. And when you uh, are once again able to see he's not there. And Chris catches the coin. For some reason, you immediately know what it does. Okay. All right. (laughs) For second faces. When flipped as an action, one per long rest, this coin can be used in the following results. Heads regain 4d4 plus 4 hit points. Tails, user takes 4d4 plus 4 necrotic damage. Cannot be resisted. Ooh. Ooh. That is perfect for Christ, actually. Well, he is lucky boy, but... I'm worried that uh, if this is magical item, then we might have it taken away from us by League. 419. Yeah, suddenly there's a humming sound as Reginald appears from his invisibility. Do you have a question about the League and official rules? I'm uh, ready. Yes, yes. You mentioned something about magical items and, and, and all that. We were uh, given this coin. Uh... Mm. And he opens his eye and it kind of turns bright red and he kind of scans over it. He says, this coin might kill you. <laughs> I, I'm aware, but is there any um, other league ramifications? Well, for... it is very powerful. It is still within regards to a novice team. You may use it because it has a dangerous potential. Awesome. Thank you so much, Reginald. Anytime. I am ready. He turns invisible once again. Does anyone in town react when Reginald... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Several nearby villagers all kind of back into their homes, and one little kid's like, Look! man <laughs> do people not know in general well, actually i guess her ruthax i can ask this in world do people not know what the cameras look like for this show not everybody watches show not everybody can afford the what is it it's a scrying tool also how would they know what the camera looks like do you know what the cameraman in your favorite tv show looks like that's true <laughs> you should you should, you should. You imdb that shit if you if you <laughs> watch if you watch the NFL, you do know what their stupid little wire cam thing looks like. That thing's constantly in shots. Well, uh, you don't think anyone has seen the uh, the quadrons that monitor the show. Fair bet. And uh, 
there before you is the Church of Five Borders, and on the front of it there is a large carved symbol of a sun with five swords encircling it. And the door is wide open. Um, you can see there's kind of a chapel inside with a row of pews leading up to a very simple altar. It's not showy, there's not a bunch of stained glass or paintings or tapestries. It's very it's very much like the farmhouse kind of tavern, kind of bar. I pull my medallion out, set it across my chest so it's visible and walking. God flexing. Yeah. Do you remember what their god was named? Sigmund. Sigmus is the deity. <laughs> Sigmund. 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 I, I don't like, know. I was like, it was Sigmar, but it wasn't actually Sigmar. Sigmar. And that's uh, five swords pointing at a sun. It's they're kind of radiating around it. Radi- a number of swords, not not five. a specific five. Okay. Very specifically five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, yeah, and there's a couple people like inside praying. Um, it looks like there is a married couple. The way they're kind of clutching each other at the altar. And there's an older man. He's very rotund. He has a, a large belly and a big salt and pepper beard. He looks um, like a father. Very kind face. Yeah. And he has a little collar around his neck that shows with like a, a little marking of five swords wrapped around it. Who goes there? Uh, Hello. Uh, hi. Uh, come in, come in, please. Hurry. Y- yes, yes, yes. Uh, what, uh, are we letting out the cold air? What you... No, you're dressed like a team from the League of Ultimate Questing and I've been expecting you. Uh, uh, you must yeah. be Father Hesh. I am indeed Father Hesh. It's a pleasure to meet you. That's right. Uh, I have something I need to show all of you that it's a little bit disturbing, so I hope your stomach's already. I am, yes. If you'll follow me into the back. I just did. <laughs> and uh, he, he gestures you, but kind of behind the altar to the side door um, that leads in the back, and you can see he takes you into what looks like some kind of affirmatory, uh, an apothecary's shop with probably like ten tables and, and beds ready for people to be treated on. And there, there are four figures laying on the beds that are just kind of writhing humans. One of them has a full, like, tentacle for an arm and the side of his face where half of his mouth and one of his eyes is just, like, bubbled over with huge mounds of flesh. Another one looks like his arms and legs are hanging limply, like, without bones in them. Um, And he's just kind of, every time he opens his mouth, a little bit of, like, purple liquid just sort of bubbles out. Um, And another one... Uh, one of his arms and legs is completely massive, like hanging off of the bed, like 10 times the size of a normal limb. Uh, and his chest seems like almost caved in and impossibly thin. And he's just wheezing. And another one is a younger lady. Um, and she, her hair is just like tangled everywhere. It looks like it's growing out of her eyes. It's growing out of her mouth and her ears. And she's just kind of rolling back and forth and moaning through this like carpet of hair. And she sounds like she's in agony. And he says, I can't tell what did this to them. I can tell they're suffering, but I feel like I may find a cure. I don't know. This is beyond me. I'm going to start kind of going through each of them and just checking on them, do some basic medicine here. Please. And kind of of try to understand whatever I can. Of course. Uh, Chris would like to do also kind of look through, but look through magically. If they have any... um any seeping wounds or any oils I'm like going to taste the oils of their skin and stuff like sure. that and get an idea to get myself that sweet advantage <laughs> I like I it. ask guidance on Artyom okay oh, uh, what does that do for me a d4 you extra a d4. to whatever you roll sexy oh nice uh, a lot uh, 22 Okay, and, and what did you get for Arcana? Uh, 15. Okay, you're not sensing anything particularly magic rating off this, although there's something obviously otherworldly, mm-hmm. uh, something, you know, not normal for nature. But you pick up, like, you get the sense of, like, a little bit of blood and, like, the normal mucus that forms in a healing wound, pus, and there's just, like, something kind of, like, a critic, like, something that kind of tingles the back of your throat. There's something foreign here, something not normally present, and you, you do a pretty thorough search of their bodies. You don't see any kind of, like, puncture entry points any kind of like wounds of any kind I don't know what's causing this but something is getting inside of them their fluids are, are wrong the humors are inconsistent then there might be something with the food or the water maybe can any of them speak 
I look at the preacher. I've been trying to get them to speak for days. They can't say a word or I'll ask them what happened to them. Would you say, based on my, my medicine role, would you say that it's it's based off of their un- inability to or that they just can't think through the pain or discomfort? There's a combination of both too much agony to process words and also some of them are physically shifted to a point where their mouths would not form words through their throats. Gotcha. We have to do something about this. We definitely do. Quickly. It's only been the four, but I heard reports that there may be another one across town. They haven't come forward yet. I don't know who from. It's just words on the street. Where did you find these poor creatures? I found them uh, not far from the woods. And an old man kicks the door in, and you see he was one of the people who was out in the church. He seems like this sultry kind of like black, gnarly bearded old farmer with big, thick, hairy, furry arms. And he's like, I'll tell you what happened to the kids. They went out in the damn woods. Every night they're going out to those damn woods sneaking past you. You don't pay attention. These kids will be the death of us. Something evil is out in them woods, I tell you here. Burton, please calm down. I've listened to everything you've said. We've sent people to the woods. We can't find anything. Well, they're professionals. Why don't you send them? I don't know what it is about little farm towns, but it seems like every time the smallest anomaly shifts the paradigms of their existence, they gotta call on some professionals to solve the problem. Or in this case, a novice-ranked LUQ team eager to prove their worth. Yep, speaking of someone with experience, if you find some freaky little elf sitting on a crossroads on a fancy blanket asking you to solve riddles, you just walk away. I don't feel like I should have to say this. Wise words indeed, Storm, my friend. Stay tuned one and all for more of the premiere adventure coverage featuring the Mortal Dawn. No dungeon too deep. No quest too questionable. This is the League of Ultimate Questing. Hi, everybody. This is Zach. And Law. And we want to take a moment and thank everybody who's been a part of this project. We want to thank Sam, who plays Arvid. We want to thank Michael, who plays Harthax. We want to thank Alante, who's playing Christ. I personally desperately want to thank Law for his unbelievable work as our GM, for the huge amount of fake commercials that he keeps turning out that keep killing me with laughter every time I hear them. We also really want to thank our sponsors so far. They've been super great. But most of all, I want to thank you guys. You have been so unbelievably supportive and so instrumental in our growth. We're doing so much better than we ever could have hoped for and we just keep growing every single day if you're looking for more ways to support us we always appreciate shares on twitter facebook and any other social media that you have access to one of the best ways that these things spread is through word of mouth feel free to share with your friends people you think share interests with this whole thing and it really helps us early on to have comments and reviews and actual direct subscribers on places like itunes and google play it's unbelievably helpful and we are going to be releasing every monday so please stay tuned to follow that a little glance behind the screen here as it were some people thought that we might have been scripted um, and that's kind of a great compliment so thank you very much for that but I just want to ensure everyone that kind of how we do this is we're all just sitting at the table playing a normal actual game of D&D and as a DM I don't really use any notes I'm not reading off of anything I have bullet points at best and the characters as well don't have any insight on what's going to happen this is all completely improvised Kip and Storm have a little bit of planning so I hope that's really fun for you all to listen to there's a lot of really good exciting stuff coming up with the team joining the League of Ultimate Questing and trying to get through their trials if you want to go to slapdashstudios.com you can listen to all of the episodes. You can see some of the images we take of the battlefields. That's always a lot of fun. You can also listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Please subscribe and like those. Leave us some reviews and you can follow us on YouTube at Slapdash Studios. Watch some of our Let's Plays. That would mean a lot to us. And until next time, we wish you luck.